Oh, here we go. Forgot we have to snitch. Always, bro. Come on, man. Thing. So what what do you reckon? Are you gonna, you know, your your LeBron level you know, player? Do you know you, you have you have fumbled the ball a couple times? Okay. You're clearly kind of doing your own thing, right? But yeah. the coach is Allah, oh, no, get your ass on the bench, bitch ass. You couldn't finger you. Okay, so for me, there's other factors. It can't just be a simple money thing. It's got to be the ratio of money to how much I need it, right? So if you say, oh, I'm going to curse you out for an extra grand and I don't need an extra grand, like I'm okay, I'm going to be like, yeah, bond that. But if let's say like it's end of the month, i got bills covered up and there's an, <laughs> it's an extra no, grand. No, what I say you're a LeBron level basketball player. So it's, you're paid... You're a superstar. You're the known entity. You're known as the best player in the league. Yeah. On this particular night, you're doing mad fadeaways and you're hurting the team. The coach decides to call you a punk-ass Negro. Not Negro, but the coach decides to cuss you out. Or not cuss yeah. you out, but just get in your face and tell you you're getting on my fucking nerves tonight. You're, in that case, yeah. Because you started off asking, like, how much would you really would it cost for you to take that? For me, then it's not about the money. Because if I know I'm messing up, I might pull myself that. I might look at myself and be like, hey, you play like a podcast right now. And so if somebody else says it, I'm not pissed off. But if I'm genuinely trying my best and someone's just cursing me out, I might have to be like, yo, relax. That's the if way I see it, though. If you're LeBron, what if you're, what if you're the rookie, though? If I'm the rookie, you take it all. What do you mean? You have to take your dudes, bro. What do you mean? But why is that, though? Why is that the rookies get treated like a slave slave? Yeah, bro, do you have like, to pay your dues? Like one player, one player, Joe, um, Joe Kim Noah, Joachim Noah, one of his idols was Kevin Garnett. And so, you know, he based his whole game around Kevin Garnett. You make it to the NBA, you're playing for Chicago Bulls. Guess who you're playing against? Kevin Garnett. Now, he's so in awe of this guy, he's letting him get his shots off. Yeah, yeah, do that for anyway. I like it. <laughs> You're supposed to be guarding this dude, right? <laughs> but because you're in such awe, you're letting him do his moves, everything. Cool. <laughs> you know, he didn't realize Kevin Garnett's one of those players, yeah. Kobe used to say, I never used to wind him up because you don't want that's what he wants. He yeah. wants you. He wants to, you to get uncomfortable. He he will do everything he can to put you off your game. This is him. Kobe and I said, I tried that shit with Kobe, but Kobe gonna do what Kobe gonna do, so you can look for another victim on the team. <laughs> Imagine you you try your Kobe, you ain't feeling it. You go for the you go for another weak victim in the team. Anyway, <laughs> you know how he's in the free throws where your team gets a free throw, yeah, and you have to stay by the huddle kind of thing, yeah, and each side on the side. So no, Yoki Noah and Kevin gonna have side by side. He figures I try to make some little small talk. He said they had the same, um, he said they had the same agent. Everybody tells a story different, innit? Everybody. Okay. Uh, Kevin Garnett said, he said to him, how did you do that move back there? Yo, Kim Noah said, I didn't ask him about the move. We had the same ages. I said, look, are you going to be working out with dude? Are you going to be working out meeting with dude next week? But Kevin Garnett was just like, <laughs> Oh, my goodness. But when, when Kevin Garnett told the story, yeah, he was like, he was like, how did you do that move? I was like, watch that shit, nigga. <laughs> you know, and that goddess on there, and then <laughs> yeah, basically just said to him, "Don't ask me how, how I'm balling. Watch it." You know what I mean? And basically just pawed him. Oh so, goodness! I, I, so when you said the rookie, you take everything. It's almost like you have to take. It's a rough passage in it. You don't yeah. just get to, you know. People don't value what they don't suffer for. Yes. And so it's like, I think a lot of organizations just basically like understand that if you want people to really bond, they have to go through something. So even when they do all the frat elder fraternity initiations, you think about like secret societies, you think about sports teams, you think about whatever it is, they do this hazing process because if you can go through it, you feel bonded because you had to struggle to get there. If they just I, guess, welcome, I guess for you as well, as an individual, I guess you, you feel part of something because you actually strive for, you actually you had to pay a due almost to get into it. Yeah, so that's, mean, that, that's how they got most of us excited to get into the store. After yeah. they put you through all the gong shows and the 20 minutes and blah, 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 and the older comedians are giving you stick in the back and blah, 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 
Then you now start walking around with your chest when you're playing the store. I play the store. It's only because now some of the facade is worn away that we kind of go, okay, like we thank God we play the store, but it's not that big of a deal. There was a time where you play the store, nah, you put you resting your testicles on people's chest. That's how that's how it should be though. That's how it should be in life where if you're playing or if you're working for if you're playing for Man United, if you're playing for Newcastle or one of those big teams, there is a level of, of, of prestige that you should have to have gone for because the elite people before that actually had to do that. I respect that. No, I respect it too. That's yeah. how we build organizations, but you know, it's the kind of it's the it's the side of um, getting things done that isn't pretty. It's the side of getting things done that isn't necessarily like it doesn't make sense to somebody unless they understand everything going on there. If you tell, because people just from the outside go, oh, why does it have to be that way or something? Like, why do they put soldiers through their paces and make them do all these press ups and blah blah blah? Why do they make them make their bed and shine their shoes to an absolute shine and all that kind of stuff? They do it because that's what's necessary to get you in the mind state where you need to be. But like, you know, if you're looking from the outside, you're like, hundred percent. And you know what? A lot of times, don't you think it's a lot? It's always the people looking from the outside that have something to say about what's going on inside. And bro, and this is a real problem we have today. You know, because like even for us, right? Even if we're on a podcast right now, we can talk about all sorts of things, right? From the outside. But you always have to have that respect for the fact that until you were there, you don't really know, right? So you're right. That's what it's like for billionaires. But yo, it's like when you get into TV and you think your first TV appearance, what's it say? What what they saying, agent? Twenty ten grand? They said one fifty plus cap fit. Okay. Um. That's 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 all. That's all. But you know. But there you go, though. Like, you know, you know that um, even for us, we're even close to it. And we, we got misconceptions. Think about the people that come up to you after the gig and say, No. You should just get on, uh, go on live at the Apollo. Go on live at the Apollo. Oh, so-and-so did it. He must be a millionaire by now. Eh? Hello. <laughs> oh, you know what? I was busy that Thursday. <laughs> yeah, busy that Thursday. But here's the thing. Imagine watching comedy through only the lens of live at the Apollo. Yeah, you you you're missing out on comedy, you know. Mm. It's like when people say to me, you know, you should do Britain's Got Talent, and I honestly say to them, do you think those are the best comics in the country? Wow, good question. I say to them, do you think I'm going up against the best people? You think that's the best on deck, my nigga? I gigged with the guy last night. Who I was like, oh shit, gotta get my pen ready. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but yeah, you see, that's the thing though. That that's a big reminder that people don't necessarily care about the best. No, if I bring if I bring you a rapper that's been tearing up the underground, and you know, say, but he ain't got that you can shake your ass to, then say, I don't really care about it. It's not that. It's not that. It's also a mind a reminder that um, for you, it depends on those things. Should should give you a clarity, a sense of where you want to be. Uh, Do you want to be that person who people don't even mind that? It's not of any level. Or do you want to be the person who sets the levels? And once mm-hmm. you choose which side, you don't complain about the other. Yeah. You stay in your own room. Facts. You know? Yeah. I mean, a, I, lot of times, a lot of times you want the, I want the Russell Peters attention, but I want it, to, but I want it with Chris Rock's writing material. It's like, bro, you can't have both sometimes. And this is it, bro. This is it. And you know, you know who, whenever I see like a comedian who's, made it as like the maybe the silly clownish comedian and then now they're trying to do the serious stuff because that's what everyone has on netflix now they're trying to do something about black lives matter or or like <laughs> or transgenderism or whatever it's like it's like yo my guy it's okay you don't you don't have that's not a string in your another thing comics just because at some point in your life there was some great tragedy doesn't mean you are now equipped to talk about it on stage. <coughs> if your material exactly. has been, if your material has been, come inside before I break your teeth. It's really hard to tap into my mum had cancer material. It's really hard. Bro, that, <laughs> that gear shift ain't as easy as it seems. <laughs> See, yo, it ain't one to two, you know. You got oh. one to straight five, my nigga. Niggas be trying yeah, to press man. that clutch. Niggas be trying to press that clutch because it's that easy, bro. It's bro, not- many a man feel like because I have pain at the moment or tragedy, it's yeah. my time. No. Mm-hmm. Listen, I was mm-hmm. Doc Stanhope talk about a person 
who came to his show and committed suicide the day after. Here's the funny part. I said the funny part. Here's the, the, the part about it. He told, he didn't, Doc Stanhill said he didn't tell him that. He said, I wish you would have told me because I'd have done a better show. <laughs> and you see comedy right there. And he goes into this whole thing about, I felt so bad that his last night was one of my worst nights. On, But the guy loved the show, but as the comic, he was just not on it. He was pissed off in the room, but he didn't know a person was coming to kill him and to see him. See him kill and then kill himself. <laughs> but he handled the material. You could just tell this guy has not done TV appearances because he's had to he's had to work so hard in these these rooms where it's so unpredictable. But he's yeah. had to work so hard on his material um, building that he's able to do um, routines about this so comfortable. Wait, so he had the if you're gonna kill, if you're gonna kill yourself next day, which community would you go see that day? I don't. I'm not gonna go and see a comic. I'm gonna kill myself. I'm a comic. I'm gonna watch a comic for. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Hundred percent. But if you had something to... titties in my face, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm really interested. You know, so that guy people hear that request every now and then. I'm really interested what? to why that picks Doug Stanhope to see the night before you're about to go kill yourself, like. He maybe, was a maybe, fan of Doc Stanhope. He was a big fan of Doc Stanhope. Maybe he was one of his stands and he was looking for hope. Okay. I mean, no, no. See, see, if I was if, if I was if I was the person committing suicide and you did that joke, I'm a, I'm a delay for another day. <laughs> I ain't going out on that one. <laughs> hey, imagine someone said that to you during the show. Hey, how you doing? What's your What's your name, man? So what What are you doing tomorrow? Oh, I'm gonna to commit suicide tomorrow. But I just want to see you for one last time. <laughs> what do you do? Do you go into your little wheelchair, man? Or what do you do? <laughs> what do you do with that? Man said, okay, let me do my best joke so you can go out over a bank." <laughs> you know, Ollie, yeah, knowing you. You probably try and scheme to give his life to Christ. <laughs> yeah, why not? Why not? No, do you know what though, yeah? The thing is, I feel like you're you're right. you're playing too. I'ma end I'm gonna end my set like yo, I'll be here all weekend. You might not be, but I'ma be here Would you say that? Would you say that? Would you say that? Would <laughs> yes. you say that? <laughs> yes. Yes. All, all the comedy. Oh, so so you're, you're that guy then. So you you once you've given the license, you 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 will fully partake in his. No, it's like yo, if you come to the comedy club to come and joke about, to, to come and tell me this, I'm a joke about it. For real, I'm a joke about it, hundred percent. I don't I'm know, a... I don't know, I don't know what I would do honestly because obviously I'm not. Um, I hate people who think being a comic is an asshole. Yeah, but it's not about being an asshole. It's about the no, fact. No, no, that no, no, no. You know what I mean? Hate, I hate the people that think we're just oh, mean yeah. on stage. Yeah, you know I mean, you put something in the front where it's about being mean. Yeah, I don't yeah, yeah. see us as mean comics. If I ask you a genuine question, if you throw something that might be funny, we could throw it back. Yeah, but it's not a thing where, like, when, when we did Sunday service and we asked those two dudes, when I said, Where are you from? They said, Straightsville. It took me a second to be honest with you. No, they said, Um, we came to see what's going on in Straightville. I was like, Where's Straightville at? It's on the arm. <laughs> I was like, The Piccadilly line. <laughs> So it took me a minute. But then when the other guy said, when we asked him, what did you have for dinner? They said, pasta and olive oil. And we were like, you ain't put no wings in that book? <laughs> you were like, that's what the seasoning is, nigga. What do you describe it? I just with some paisley and some, um, some um, olive oil. You were like, you ain't put no paprika in that motherfucker. <laughs> myself tomorrow <coughs> my only thing is this here i don't want my poor comedy instincts to come out bro you know like hack really hack poor. Well, like the standard joke <laughs> anything goes at that point <laughs> bro because the thing is anything goes at that point when somebody makes a, a, your show awkward then it's like all bets are off here i don't have to live up to anything blah 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 on stage everything is up for jokes now off stage i'm gonna be a human being and be like yo are you for real like 
you know, maybe don't do this and blah, 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 think about this. But on stage, nah, everything's what up. What you don't want to do on stage, though, is lose the crowd. Yeah, but, you know, bro, when someone says I'm about to kill myself tomorrow, like, it's already techie, bro. Yeah, you know there's going to be one person in the back. All right, man, that's enough. He wants to die tomorrow, not right now. <laughs> All right, sling your rug, mate. That's a bit much. That's, right, that's a bit. That's taking it too far. <laughs> oh man! But you know what it is. You know what, like, I think you that's really weird. Really... That's the thing. Everything I'll be thinking of is how I'm going to play in that. You're going to die tomorrow. All right, that's a bit too far, mate. But you won't be here tomorrow to remember that. <sighs> how about this? this <laughs> thing I said during the show. We have a complaints team. Unfortunately, let's, let's take seven working days to get back. <laughs> remember, to, you know what, yeah? remember to tip your weight stuff, but bro, empty out the water. He ain't need it tomorrow, man. He don't need that. We should just, how about this? So, remember, Martin Lawrence said, you know, if you're gonna commit suicide, you're gonna make sure you get it right. He said one guy jumped off the building, yeah, and he, he didn't die though. He said, "Ah, oh, my shelf." <laughs> you were trying to get them to wheel him back to the roof. So it's good. <laughs> it was wrong. It was wrong. It was wrong. Hey, right, listen, um, I'm going to discuss genuine man. I feel like people misunderstood my affection for genuine. I think so. do you want to just jump straight in there? Cause... Yeah, because people people were like, you know, because you know how we had that running joke. Yeah. Which again, it kind of highlighted what I was saying in a sense, where you gotta know how you wanna come out in this life. <laughs> you know, you need more than abs and touchy feel, master mug. That looks good when you're 21. Yeah, yeah. You understand? But when you hit 50, 60, you see how these people are calling him out. But on the flip side of that, I was just happy to see the brother still looking, you know, good, healthy. And yeah, man, go for it. You're that old uncle at the point. Now, y'all don't, y'all don't know about no apps. <laughs> That's how I see it now. I think it's just so funny that, like, while we were on hiatus, it was like every other week, Genuine was doing something and the internet just could not leave like, it alone. No, it's like, when we were talking about Genuine, it, it was literally... It wasn't even a big, big topic name. Kind it wasn't. Of it wasn't, bro. And the thing is, it wasn't. It was all. It was all based on we love genuine, but like he's not in that category where you might say he's one of the great songwriters or great artists or whatever. Right, right, right. That was where, the whole thing. Where substance was not, you know. Yeah, but it was like it was still like Loki, a celebration of who he is, and mm. it's interesting because it's like. When you see my guy, and obviously everyone's got the jokes, there's still a level of like, no, nah, but we love Jiddy White, though. Like, like, no, you know, you're doing the... But here's the thing. If you wrote, you know, the world's greatest, I believe I can fly, you be t- you'd have a choir behind you. We're going to lose like 85, y'all. Come on, pick your hands for me. Yeah, let's have peace in Ukraine. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you know how these people modernize their song? We're going to do this for Ukraine, y'all. Come on, give me that. <laughs> Well, you can't do that with my pony. That is what's going on in Ukraine. It's crazy. We're going to dedicate this one to them. What the hell is this? What the hell is this? Okay. You ain't got no uplifting songs, player. Oh, my goodness. That's but that's why it's so important. No, no, it's not so important. Because you still need the junior minds of this world. You need those people who you just come in here for a good feeling. You see what I'm saying? That's why sometimes Tupac's music couldn't be played in the club. You're trying to get your grind on how the, the lowest Tucker use a motherfucker. Who's the lowest Tucker? They didn't even come to vote right now. But have, the, have, you, have you seen how they've tried to repurpose some of those songs like um, for the, what's it called? Juvenile. They redid Back That Ass Up for the, for the pandemic. Vaxed that ass up. Oh my goodness. Yeah, Bro, it was, was terrible. When I saw Snoop Doggy Dog giving his songs to Money Supermarket, I said, yeah. It's wild, I bro. They asked me, what do you think Tupac will be doing? I said, Thug Life Insurance commercials. <laughs> Thug Life Insurance. <laughs> you know? I saw Diddy. Diddy said, I'm going to I'm gonna save the black race. I said, on oh, Breakfast Club, my nigga. <laughs> 
the salvation of the salvation of the black race. Black race is sponsored by Ciroc. That's a wild <laughs> way to go out from. <laughs> hey, come on, man. Come on, man. You know Diddy's Revolution that we have, before we get to the shooting, we're going to have a dance opening scene. Listen, <laughs> everybody's going at, uh, what's her name? Genuine, genuine. For all the, Lil Kim needs to stop the... Yo! <laughs> she wasn't even hot then. That, yo, that, that little Matrix dance is too iconic, bro. It's just, it's what just too funny. What's that? What song is it from? Um, that song that starts off with the the tune that she's always doing it to. Uh, let me let me pull it up. Sorry, uh, I need to I need to pull it up to you. Yeah, they did her, they did Junior White, they did Mary J Blige with this Mary J Blige. She needs to stop the um, you know the hood, whatever move she does when she does the kick. Oh yeah. Major yeah. Blaze is a whole style of dance, though. She's got her own. She's going to fuck around and slip a disc one day. <laughs> so, yeah, um, it's on uh, it's on the flipping the, the Mob Deep song. Uh, okay, it's the real. It's the inner. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can't remember the name. Anyway, anyway, it's that. I know the song. I know the song. I just didn't know she did the dance. I didn't know she did that dance. Yeah, I mean, bro, I just feel like it's a concert thing, and just eventually, like people just pick right. up and you just start doing do it. Think, do you think it's a bit annoying for these artists? Come what, out for five minutes. Come out on five minutes on BET. Get all dressed up for for just one second and then. I mean, to I be, know, to be fair, like Lil Kim's resurgence in life i think it's all a blessing so if 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 she gets paid now to come and do that little dance i think she should just take it and be grateful you know what i'm saying because the only thing with little kim and i love little kim because you know i grew up in her era she yeah. looks different every year every year bro every year every year bro she got the subscription package of her plastic surgeon bro she'll have a seed she's playing direct debit <laughs> She is, yo, she's a... You think, or you think that's the reason why we're using um, um, paper straws now, because she don't use up all the plastic? That's, that's not fair. That's not fair. That's not fair. That's hey, hey, bro. This is... When she heard they're banning plastic, she called her surgeon like, they said, what? Yo, let me pause this for a second, bro. Give me a second. Whatever, dog. It doesn't even matter where we were. Um, we got evicted I, 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 from, I was... um, <laughs> from our listeners. We got evicted from <laughs> from Zoom. Zoom came on the door like, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> like I got ten minutes to get out of here. My goodness, man! Zoom was shameless with it. Um, I I watched this video. Um, I didn't know this before, but supposedly Marlon Wayans was with Biggie right before he got shot, and was with Pop twenty minutes before he got shot as well. Hold on. Wait, how is Marlon Wayans always at the scene of the crime? To be fair, to be fair it was the Vibes party he was at and the Tyson fight was going on. So he was in Vegas with Omar Epps and he happened to bump into Park outside. He's told this story a million times. Every time he tells it different. And when I saw Park, I heard him and he said, Tick with you. Gonna embellish it somehow, man. But yeah, I didn't know he was with um here's the thing, a lot of people were with Biggie at the Vibe party. Everybody can come out and say the janitor say, I was in the toilet. And I said to that nigga, stay up, I love the album. I don't know I don't know why I put the audio there, but yeah, I, I get your point, bro. Yeah, maybe it's just a case of yeah, they were both popular events and Marlon Wayans happened to be at both of them. Genuine was there, Missy Elliott was there, so many people were there. I think Aaliyah was there. Golly. There <laughs> people were at the, because it was a vibe party, innit? it? Yeah. Where it got shut down because of the fire marshal. Okay. And, you know, if you read the whole Biggie situation, they know, well, the, 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 I know the shooter's name, a guy called Pucci. He was an associate of Death Row Records. However, He's dead, so it's easy to pin on him in it. <laughs> but um, they said, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying you know this is true or not. But they they said there was an air of a feeling that Biggie wasn't being humble in LA. 
Okay. They felt he came on doing freestyles on the radio, showing subliminals, doing slick shit. They were like, nah, you need to come over here. When Paul goes, shit, I cry tears. I shed so many tears. <laughs> but I think, how they sit in that home listen to him on the radio like I know this nigga ain't freestyling I know he ain't freestyling oh we riding on him today oh, did that nigga say I'm, I'm, I'm heavy no I don't like that why, <laughs> why is he crying that nigga said oh on the track that hood son is no I mean he ain't he ain't good no I think <laughs> it was that air of um, it was a shame because if you think about it Tupac didn't die as a result of any of the beef he created in the music. Mm, it was just more of the beef he created in the streets. And so for Biggie to, to succumb to a retaliation of that is quite sad. But I've been watching a lot of gang culture, the Chirac story. I didn't know about the Chirac, King Von and, you know, Little Dirk and Chief Keith and, you know, Old Block versus um, FBG and all that stuff. I didn't know about it. And when you read about it, um, you know, a lot of times when black we talk about black people, we just talk about it from a place of privilege. Like I said, outside looking in. Ola, we have to be thankful that your dad was not an ex-BDG gangster disciple. Yeah. We just have to be thankful that you weren't born into a life of uncles are going to prison, mama was the jump-off girl that they kind of married and got pregnant, and now you're stuck in that world too. Yeah. We just really have to give glory to God for that. Because I don't know what we would have done different. What would we have done different? We would still throw up the same sets and claim the same blocks because that's all that's passed down to you. So a lot of times I'm very thankful for my parents for keeping yeah. me away from that kind of stuff because motherfuckers is dying at 15, easy. Yeah, yeah, you're you right. Know? So a lot of the times we should always, like, you know, we should always be thankful, man. It's important to be thankful because you don't realize how your basic setup that you were complaining about, mommy's making bread and egg every morning. But if that was better than daddy just rubbed the liquor store to feed us. <laughs> Bro, this, the, 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 what you're talking about, yeah, this is like a daily realization for me, especially now that I live here, waking up and just kind of going, how do I reconcile the fact that my kids are jumping up and down, choosing what they want to eat, living la vida loca only because. They were just born to me and my and, wife. And, and a, fortunate, a fortunate situation. Exactly. They were born to two people who were going to do do right for their family. You yeah. could have easily have gotten taller pregnant and be like, well, this married life is not for me, Jade, and then start doing a madness. Yeah. yeah I have yeah. a friend who, who who's going through it, right? And she told me, she said, my mom has six kids from six different men. Damn. Hold on. You ever, heard, you ever heard a friend confide that kind of information to you and your whole judgmental juxtaposition was like, <laughs> bro. <laughs> but you couldn't bring that energy because it's real shit. Yeah. That's all I, it was the first time that I heard that thing said to me and I realized how problematic that shit really is. That's wild. That's crazy, Ola. That's crazy. Now, her choice yeah. in relationships mirror that. But okay, so here's the thing. Here's the thing, right? There are there are situations in which something happens with a parent, and the child goes the complete opposite way and says, "I ain't gonna let that happen to me." Like my mm. parents are divorced, and I think that's one mm. of the big drivers in me to be like, "I need to have a mm -hmm. strong marriage and raise my kids a certain way." So, I think usually it comes with a point where we say, "All right." this is what happened and this is wrong somebody has to have that moment of going this is wrong even the parent says what i did was wrong please try not to follow me or you learn it elsewhere or something like that i don't feel like we've got to a point where we've had a clear this is wrong well the thing is it's not about that's it's funny you say that because she has still stuck in the I don't want to judge category, which allows yes. it to keep going. But remember, remember I said to you, she has six kids. Out of those six kids, maybe four of them will say what you just said. Which is wrong. I'm not going to let that happen to me. Mm. Or not every kid will make it. Mm. But she does have kids who said, I don't want that. Mm. I have all of the quintessential one guy, whatever. Yeah. But you're not, all your kids are going to be able to mirror that. Some are going to fall by the wayside. 
It's just light. And it's true because you could even have like 2.4 children, white picket fence and all of that. And 100%. Stars. And they kill you in your sleep. Bruh. <laughs> Bruh. Why did you kill your parents? Ah, they won't let me. They won't, let, they won't give me access to the trust fund at five. Bro, you're, you're saying like it's a joke, but it's real. I've seen it happen millions of times. I saw a girl kill her mom because she wouldn't let her go out with her hood nigga boyfriend. This was a white girl who had seen a 50 cents video and thought, this is what my man should look like. So she's going out with dog nigga crack and a like a like, right? And her mom is not having that, rightly so. So they hatch a plan to kill her. And what do they do when they kill her? They go shopping, they go and do, 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 do. Kids, not realizing the magnitude of the situation. But one thing I love about white people in America, soon as the heat hit and they said, you're facing 40 years. Oh, the pigtails came out. I don't even like rap music. <laughs> now, little 50 Cent, who she married, that nigga had nowhere to go. I mean, what do you do as a black person trying to look less threatening? You can't just throw on a suit. That's still at least 10 years. Bruh. So, it's oh. all good. And speaking of, speaking of, again, like we're talking about, look at 50 Cent. You know, 50 Cent can say what he wants about his son, but you didn't marry his mom. You didn't yeah. set the example of a family home. You yeah. just came as 50 Cent. I've made it. Therefore, you have access to whatever you want. That is not the great. You you were you, you mm. just because you put him on tour or you showed him the lifestyle doesn't mean you were a good father. You understand? And you, and you know what? I was after I was reading my Bible today. Like the main message that I took away from it was like, yo, you really need to be careful of the unwise decisions that people let you get away with. You sometimes you think the person who's trying to tell you that you're wrong or trying to pull you up on it. You think the person trying to hold you accountable is the one that doesn't love you. Sometimes the one who, does, who doesn't love you is the one who allows you to keep going. Because you see, when you're 50 sin, and you can have sex with a woman and just be like, yeah, don't worry, I'll send money. Uh, you might feel like that's a good way to go about things and no one's really ever going to tell you no because no, you're 50 no. mm -hmm. But you should really be worried because that kind of decision-making, it has its own repercussions. 100%. So it was like, it was really hitting me because the scripture was all about like, um, not casting your seed out with useless women or whatever it was. 100%. And I was like, in this world, if you have enough resources, you can, and people will celebrate you for it. But yeah. I think you should be wary of the people that celebrate you while you're doing 100%. it. 100%. And, and, and it's, 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 again, I don't know, I, I'm not frowning on the music. Diddy was trying to say how he's, he gives his daughters, you know, advice about men. And I was like, that what? Don't date me. Because how are you going to tell them? To, to, to date someone who takes them seriously when you've not taken any woman in your life seriously. You understand? And whether you like it or not, that's what's going to happen. So when 50 Cent was talking about his son, first of all, I was like, okay, yeah, whatever. You can say whatever you want about your son, entitled, whatever, but you made him that way. You said your son has a passion for, for wearing sneakers. Did you hear the story? So he was going to New York. He saw a sneaker business going out of business. So he said, he said as a you know, he said, let me kind of get some cheap sneaks for my, for my son. So he goes into the store, being the curious guy he is, he gets to talking to the owner. He's like, no, why are you, why are you closing down? Guy was like, listen, man, I picked the wrong location. I'm just not getting the footfall. Business is just not moving. Yeah. So what you got the inventory? He goes, uh, you know, I'm just going to keep it in my garage until I can figure out my next move. So 50 being the businessman was like, yo, I'll buy it off you right now. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's like, Pet. you know, if you're closing down the stock and 50 cent comes and say, I want to buy the rest of your inventory, you ain't even going to ask him questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boom, boom, boom. He buys all the sneakers with the plan that he's going to call his son, tell him what to do. Um, You can store the, um, uh, he said storage. My son lives in Atlanta. Storage is cheap in Atlanta, right? Mm. By the way, again, my son lives in Atlanta. Where do you live? What's the difference between where you live and your son? Mm. Are you his parent or just a homie that pops in every now and then? Okay. Yeah. He says storage is cheap in Atlanta. So he tells his son, you can store these sneakers in Atlanta. I'll ship them over to you, everything. You get to start an online business selling sneakers, right? Mm. How, many, how many of us will have a dad who gets us free stock on our yeah. first little business venture? Not yeah. many, Not right? Many. If the cent son says everything that we would all say, bet, I'm going to have these sneakers moving. What do you think happened? It fell apart because his son has a passion for wearing sneakers. It's a different when you have to sell them as your work. Mad. But he didn't understand that. Now, why don't you understand that? Because you don't know your son. 
You just kept him in drip. Anybody can wear trainers. What do you know what it means to take stock to make sure that this the money adds up to fit to put money back into the business? After a while, you will hate sneakers. But, <laughs> but do you know what it is? It goes back to what we were saying at the beginning about people value what they suffered for. If somebody yes. just hands you the stock, you're not going to treat the same way as if you saved no. up and started your business. No. So in some ways, it's like you want to give your kids good opportunities, but you have to give them a taste you, of... You didn't give him up. You gave him a layup. Of course yeah. he was going to blow it. You gave him a layup. Of course he was going to blow it. Tell him. Listen, the truth is this, and you see with all these kids, Kurt Franklin's son, because he's a little praise and worship, um, nobody was feeling when he did praise and worship, now he mad at daddy. Right? But daddy so <laughs> hell-bent on saving the whole world and being the shining beacon of the holiness, you forgot to be daddy. And this was a this was a son out of wedlock, so he's dealing with all of that kind of stuff. You don't married another family, right? Yeah. That, that you portray to the world as my rock. Oh, so what was my mama? Hmm? The yeah. stone? Bruh. You put all those things on yourself. Look at Brian McKnight's children. Again, these things were singing the national anthem with him. I thought it's all rosy. Boom. That he didn't pay one apartment thing. Maybe he's got a new girlfriend. They're not happy with how he's treating mama. Boom, all hell breaks loose. I, I said to my sister the other day. Dr. Dre's daughter as well. Oh, was that his daughter's sister? Oh, yeah, his daughter, in it. That one was just wild. Yeah. I said to my sister the other day, I said, in a world where we only celebrate grand gestures of achievement, I'm talking he bought a yacht worth 25 billion with an undersea car park and a shark that can pull it to the next ocean. <laughs> and we're like, yeah. <laughs> one day, I'm just going to get that for myself. You know, some men have, are the greatest fathers of all time. Bruh. Some women are the greatest mothers of all time. I'm talking what they did gave me a footing to just breathe in the, in the outside world. Salute to you. But we never we never talk about that. You're only a great... Like, we don't know if Denzel's a good father. We don't know. Mm. We, don't, we don't know what Jay-Z's like as a dad. We don't. Or Beyonce as a mom. We don't know. But we assume they're doing great things because they've got money. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so what yeah, the yeah. lesson in this life is to always... Uh, and that's why God is a genius. God mm. is a genius. I'm going to show you people who have wealth coming out their socks. But when you dissect their lives, you're like, I'm not sure I want all of that. <laughs> and it's real, you know. It's real because it's like now especially in the position that we're in now in terms of having kids, having a wife, um, having a bit more opportunity to do up lifestyle and so on. I think sometimes you can get the balance all the way off. You can become all about your kids or you can neglect your kids. But what you start to realise is, I saw, okay, here's how I put it, yeah. I saw this video, this woman came on. Uh, it was like a discussion amongst Nigerians. Or something, and she said, I wish our parents didn't make the sacrifices they did. And that basically what she's taken away from her parents from her parents is that she's going to make sure she's okay so that she's not putting too much pressure on her kids and basically getting to a point where now you're hyped up all the time or you're always on edge and so on that like not all of these sacrifices needed to be sacrifices um and so now you need to focus more on you and I was like, I agree with her in some senses of the word, but I really disagree with her in others. Being a parent is going to be sacrifice. It's going to be a sacrifice regardless. But what I find is that it's like, I feel like the generation before, a lot of them made the wrong sacrifices. Now, there's plenty who got it right or did a better job than others and so on and so forth. But it's not about the fact that, oh, I'll do anything for my kids. It's like, will you really do anything for your kids? Will you hold your mouth for your kids? Will you let your ego go aside so you can make your marriage work for your kids? Will you not sleep with this woman so you can keep your family together for your kids? You won't do all of that stuff, but you'll take your kids out on holiday to Disneyland and say, I'll do anything for my kids. You'll buy them drip and say, I'll do anything for my kids. Or you put them in a good school and you say, I did anything for my kids. It's not that you were making, all of the, you were making too much sacrifice. It's that you were making the right sacrifices. There's a lot of sacrifices that people feel like they don't have to make for their kids. Sometimes you will have to put your happiness aside. Yes, sometimes you will have to put your, your immediate desire aside for the long-term benefit of your kids. And I feel like we, ha we still haven't got it right because people are now 
going the other way and going, well, I need to be all about me. So if I'm unhappy, I'm going to divorce because that's what's best for the kids. Or if I'm not feeling fulfilled in my marriage, I'm going to go and divorce because then my kids can sense that I'm not happy. No, that's just you making it about you and you're using your kids as a pawn. When you really care about your kids, you'll first of all create a safe environment for them to grow up. And that includes sometimes... Sometimes you need to give your wife good wood for the sake of your kids. So mommy can be light. So mommy can be happy and excited. Mommy needs to sometimes give you the Gok Gok 3000 so that you can be the father you need to be. Sometimes those sacrifices aren't direct to the kids, but it's in the environment you provide. Do you see what I'm saying? I, I feel like also, though, I feel like every generation is a chance for you to um, learn and do over. It's not about knowing about what your parents did and how they got it wrong. Yeah. You're going to get it wrong. You're not perfect. You're mm -hmm. not supposed to. Just, like, for instance, my niece is not good with math. Not because she's stupid or anything. It's just when she doesn't know something, she doesn't want to ask. She wants mm -hmm. to try and do it herself. Okay. So when my sister asked her, she was like, I just don't want to let you down. Like, I feel like you'd be mad at me. And we had to say, okay, cool. That's that aspect of that Nigerian parenting where I knew... Man, I'm afraid I can't be a ludo. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, yeah. I'm not mad at my generation or my parents for doing that. I'm just mindful of it, and I know that's not going to work with this one. You understand mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And yeah. I'm going to bring a different approach to how I make sure she doesn't feel like she's letting me down. Every backhand my mom gave me, every spoon that was thrown at me, I thank God she did it twice, okay? Because <laughs> that's how she understood how to keep me in check. If she didn't do that, I could have run the streets and be in prison right now. That's a yeah. real reality. I've got many friends, family members who didn't get that shit. Yeah. And they're praying for it now. So I'm never mad at what the generation before us did. They did the best they could in the mm -hmm. way they understood. Especially, we don't even take into fact that you're growing up in England. They left Nigeria as freshies and came to a country that they had no idea mm. of what's going on. You understand? So yeah. to keep that moral balance, look at you, for instance, you're a Christian man living in a Muslim country. You mm. still have to make sure your children know Jesus, you know, I'm, we're Christians. Mm, exactly. Whether they like it or not, they have to appreciate that. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And when they have children, they will bring a different... My mom used to say to me, and you know my BT, and you, uh, we're not my BT, yeah? you two will have your own. And yeah. trust me, when you have kids in your life or you're responsible for kids, you quickly see life from a different perspective, man. Bro, tell me about bro. You know what it is, yeah? I get... Now that I'm paying school fees... Mad. I get the unedgedness you see when your child is... Just stepping on the school shirt. Or being... Just, no, just, no, just stepping on her school uniform. Huh? <laughs> Even as you're paying it now, it's stressing me. Okay. So I'm an idiot. <laughs> Basically, you see what your parents are saying. So, my own money is, is floor money. That's why you realize your parents used to make mad connections. So, the money I make is now for the toilet. Huh? <laughs> what? You're spot on, bro. You're spot you look like that yourself now. Oh, so I'm a dickhead for buying shit. Bro, it's so real, man. It's so my real. My sister said she told her son, yeah, don't run upstairs. Every time you tell them that, what does he do? He runs upstairs and he hurts himself. Of course. Right? Yeah. She wanted to turn because she's like, I told you not to run. But she just quickly realized he's in pain. Please. She had to be like, okay, come. What happened? I was running upstairs. You know, he's crying. She's like, okay, but I told you not to run. But here's the thing. Tomorrow morning, what do you think he's going to do? He's running, my guy. <laughs> he's running. When your parents used to say to you, I will break your nose, it's not because they were stressed most of the time. Your nose has to get broken, bro, because yeah. you ain't listening. <laughs> it's true. Maybe if I break your nose, you might pay attention to me. It's true. Well, you know, like for me and my wife, we have two different uh, parenting styles. That's how we refer to it. And I know, see you as strict. Yeah, I am the most strict. I see you as authoritarian in this moment. Yeah, but... yeah you're damn right. That's exactly what it is. But you see, is that I recognize that God gave kids two parents for a reason. 100%. I'm not going to bring 100% of the right stuff. But at the same time, I have something valuable to add. So there was one time where um, my where my, my, my daughter was just messing around. She was supposed to get in the car. She wasn't getting in the car. She was playing about, doing all sorts. 
I gave her one smack on her bum. Everything just reset. You know, you do the ones you don't even cry. You just get sad. Don't smack her, please. Don't be smacking my what mum. What do you my mean? She needed no, it. Man. One smack on her bum. Everything reset. Everything but the got silent. Laura is so well behaved. You can't even imagine her. Like if you smacked her, I'm like this. Oh, you're evil, man. And that's the funny thing. When I'm around my sister, they're, they're smacking their kids. I'm like, why are you smacking it? Like you don't know these. Kids. You don't know these kids, man. That, bro. You here for two hours on some fun shit. That's what I'm saying. You be bringing lollipops or what? Though. You be bringing lollipops around. These niggas is wild, bro. Bro, I'm telling you, man. How do you feel after you smack? I feel very, very justified. Like, okay, you're good. Evil, that this is... You're an evil billionaire. I keep telling you. What do you that. mean, evil billionaire? Like this? Look here, yeah, for me, the way you're, I... that, you're that you're that uncle in church, isn't it? That's like, don't embarrass me in church. <laughs> hey. I'm not going to make it about embarrassing me because that can be, become egotistical. Okay. But what I am going to say is it's my job to make sure that you don't go off the rails. And if you are starting at this age to believe that like, you know, so here's part of the problem, right? We have a nanny, a living nanny, right? And so she can see somebody washing her clothes, cooking for her, looking after her and so on. She doesn't have a concept of what it took to get to this point, the work that goes in, the pay, the respect of, you know, a hard day's work. But she doesn't have any concept of that. All she knows is that there's this woman who basically takes instructions and looks after her. So I have to make sure that I don't raise the kind of child that looks down on people or that treats people in a, in a, in a disrespectful way. So when I uh, smack her bum or I tell her off or whatever it is, is because I recognize that's really my job to make sure she doesn't turn into that person, right? So when I smack her, I don't feel, it's not an emotional approach. It's not like I feel bad for it. It's not like I feel like, oh, it's not, I don't enjoy it. I, don't, I know I definitely don't enjoy the process. It's not like, there's no twisted enjoyment that comes from it. It's just simply a fact of knowing that this is what needed to be done and I did it. And I'm very, very um, matter of fact about it. Because what I'm not going to have more than anything else is a child who grows up disrespectful of adults or their elders because I gave, I gave them too good a life. Or of me. Me? Oh, I don't eh? play that. I don't play that raising your voice in my presence. Not kids. Fuck that. You're going to see a different Uncle Fumbi. I'm about that discipline. I love that. Yeah. About that. Yeah. About and that. you know what it is? That's the stuff that. Those are the sacrifices that need to be made sometimes. 100%. Do you see what I'm saying? So it's, it's like, for me, I, I, I think I'm getting a different perspective on it. Like, I've parented in different situations. I've parented, obviously, just having one child, having two, having a boy and having a girl. I've parented in the UK and now in the UAE. There's different factors and so on. But what I'm learning along the way is that most of it, right, is not the stuff that we were taking pictures of and putting on Instagram. It's not those, you know, big I love gifts it, and man. so on. And it's you important to live in that moment. And, and you know why? You know why I love those things because our parents didn't have those moments. We used to take pictures on fucking on the on the camera, and you're going to develop in two weeks' time. You yeah. Know, when did your mom call you and say, "Listen, Ola, you and your sister, are, um, there's enough fridge in the food. We're going on. Can I'm going on the Cancun weekend of 1983." <laughs> I'm going on the 1987 Amsterdam reunion um, trip. <laughs> when did your mum ever drop that line to you? Never. Oh, man, never. Hey, listen, you need never. to wrap up, man. I need to get the hell up out of here. Bro, we ain't dropped a park quote. Park quote was, um... My phone phone, make sure all your kids don't cry. <laughs> How did she get there? You know why, you know why, you know why. <laughs> That's what Jason tried to use. I was like, huh? All your kids don't grow. I was like, if you ask him, you said he's, I said that? Damn, I didn't know I even said that. <laughs> I don't know what's that got to do with anything, though. It's got nothing to do with that. Kids. Thing. Yeah, you should raise your kids. Otherwise, Parks 4-4 will make sure they don't. <laughs> that is, that was fantastic, bro. That link was so tenuous. It was fantastic how you got there. Guys. Junior wine, junior wine, shade and praise, I guess. Okay. Yeah, I mean, do you know what it is? It was a clarification. It was a clarification because yes. the yes. streets, the streets wanted to hear, they wanted to hear boy BQ come back so that we could 
join in the roast. But it's, right. it wasn't that kind of roast. No. It wasn't that kind of roast. It was so easy to use genuine as the example. Yeah. Like, and I'll try and do it when you don't see it coming. Like, like genuine and said it. <laughs> So yeah, it's that kind yeah, of... you, know, you know, you know, you have to clarify. Like, when, when if you're roasting somebody at the roast, it's usually because you're celebrating them. But if yeah. you're roasting someone in the playground, it might be jokes. It might be real bars. You don't know. So I just feel like maybe we just need to clarify this. That yo, it's no real disrespect to Ginny. No, we love Ginny. It's all love. It's all love. So shout out to everybody that has been begging for the pod to come back. Shout out to back, everybody baby. that you know wanted to hear the BQ squad. Uh, I'm not even really going to announce I'm just going to drop it. And if you're still subscribed, you will see it in your feed, man. And so, also, today we had mad technical Zoom chat um, hijacker. So next one, we'll do a longer one. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we'll come back. Probably, I, I was even actually getting into that little family conversation and I liked it, man. Yeah, man. There's more. There's so much that we could have discussed along the way that we missed out on. I want to jump back into all those discussions. There's a lot going on right now. So obviously, you know, week by week, we'll pick it up. Guys, um, yo, if you if you want to contribute towards the pod, please do hit up my Patreon. Um, that's how I pay for all of the hosting costs. And as now Zoom has started charging us again, stay helpful. So yeah, if you want to contribute to the pod, hit up my Patreon, patreon.com forward slash all of the comedian. Um, and yeah, you can just chuck a little £3, £5 a month or whatever. That's much appreciated. Um, guys, keep hitting us up on the socials. Really appreciate your feedback and the fact that you wanted to hear from us. Um, it's at Fumbi on Mataya on Instagram, at Fumbi on Twitter, and at all of the comedian on anything because that's on, on neighborhood. On author. That's on. That's on. Uh, that's on. What Will Smith's first wife? That's on. Um, who is it? Whose first wife were we just joking about? Uh, no, Kurt, Kurt Franklin. That was that's on Kurt Franklin's first son. First one. Yeah. That's on. That's on. That's on. That's on. And that's on. Fathers not representing still. Yeah, yeah. The reason why I said that actually is because there's a new red table talk coming up, and Jada's sitting down with Will's first wife, and Jada's talking about how she was in the picture too early, so she wants to apologize. <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. but that was stuck in my head. That's why I said. That anyway, guys, before we go into a whole other episode, before we do, shout out to you guys, shout out to the BQ squad, peace. peace.